Welcome to the Open Door Cutting Room Floor Podcast, where we continue the conversation that started on Sunday to help you become more like Christ throughout the week. I'm your host, Clay Wright. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Open Door Cutting Room Floor Podcast. My name is Clay Wright, and it's good to be back with you guys after a little bit of a break at the end of the What's Your Next Step excursion. We're excited to be getting back into the book of Luke, and uh, that's what we like to do in this podcast as we look back and dig deeper into the scriptures that we were opening up this past Sunday in the sermon, checking out some things that maybe didn't make it into the sermon or got cut out, digging deeper and opening that conversation up. And I'm blessed to be doing it here with Dr. Denver Daniel. So Denver Daniel, welcome back Hello, on the cutting room Clay. floor. Hey, we're so happy to be here, my friend. Anytime spending some time with Clay is a blessing. I was, I was really glad. Uh, about some stories that you chose not to share on Sunday uh, with, uh, you know, about me and our time together at the school. So, well, that's great. Uh, well, that's the wonderful thing about the cutting room. I guess <laughs> yeah. it's like they may be coming. You'll never know. Yeah. Like so now yeah, I'll be sweating the whole time. Very now. good. Just... And like you set me up very well for that. <laughs> yeah. like... I guess so. But yeah, I, I love anytime I get to sit down and chat with you, but especially for uh, for our church, just so thankful for the word that the Lord gave you to bring to us. And I, I understand that um, you've done a little bit of work in the book of Matthew in your life. Uh, you may have spent bit. some some considerable time in that book. A little bit. Maybe like a passion area yeah, of yours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my dad always used to tease around when he was asked uh, as a minister for over 40 some years, why wasn't he uh, preaching on some of uh, maybe the more uh, heady areas of scripture? And he would always say he never got out of Matthew. <laughs> and and I feel like I haven't uh, really got out of the Sermon on the Mount or uh, the uh, Matthew chapter 13. So yeah. I'm one up in you, Dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, and uh, with that being the case, I would love just because kind of as we're getting into the conversation, you know, we've been in this uh, seven week excursion that that you've heard about and where we've been. We, we used uh, Jesus's calling of the 12 and, and some of those uh, texts to kind of jump into exploring how we can be disciples ourselves and become more like Jesus. And uh, so we were looking at some other texts like in John and, and in the Psalms and some some of that sort of thing as we're talking about the Christ acronym and all that kind of thing. But but now that we're getting back into going verse by verse through the book of Luke, we're coming to this famous teaching called the Sermon on the Plain. And so we've we've we heard a message from Pastor Jim kind of introducing the Sermon on the Plain and talking about the first uh, blessing woe pair. Uh, and then we uh, we were blessed this past week to hear hear you share about that second blessing and woe pair. But because you've spent a lot of time in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, since we're getting into the Sermon on the Plain, and since there's a relationship there, sure. I want to just at the beginning, can you tell us, just kind of orient us a little bit to this teaching of Jesus called the Sermon on the Plain, Sermon on the Mount? What are some things that people agree about, some pe things that people disagree about, maybe, maybe some compare and contrast between well, the two? I, so you will know this. I mean, for the longest of time, people even debated whether or not they were the same message. Right. And so you will still see a little bit of uh, that uh, dialogue. I th and most, most scholars would say, though, clearly as you read the context, that they are two different messages. Mm -hmm. uh, as I was studying and preparing for this past Sunday, just I, I actually was encouraged by and reminded, uh, you know, that we are 
areas that are passion to us, uh, uh, passion areas for us, will repeat themselves in our lives. (laughs) And so Jesus, uh, as he's thinking about what people need, Mm. and he may have been on the mount, he may have been on for one message, may have been uh, preaching from the plane, and we know that he was on both uh, the mount and the plane, but you saw some similarities emerge. And so that was actually encouraging to me yeah. uh, it, and just refreshing to once again be reminded that here is the Lord um, speaking to uh, his disciples. So the interesting thing on the Sermon on the Mount, it starts out contextually talking to the disciples. And then by the time that the sermon is over, it, you see other contextual clues that he's speaking, obviously, to much more, uh, many more than that. Right. Um, but uh, so I was uh, really intrigued just thinking through both of those passages and studying about how uh, the Lord uh, was repetitive mm-hmm. uh, and we repeat for sor- uh, a source of emphasis. And then for me, I was reminded uh, how many times in my life that I need to hear the same thing or similar <laughs> things, maybe said a different way. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think about my lovely relationship with my wife. There's many times that she'll have to tell me the same thing, but mm. maybe a different nuanced way uh, to make it resonate. So um, I'm an educator by trade is what you know. And so I was really encouraged thinking about the Lord being this master teacher just knowing what that it wasn't enough just to drop it in one sermon and then leave it mm-hmm. uh, you see how he picked it up again so and yeah. and then the whole concept of the beatitudes that stem from that right yeah and and so in in the beatitudes one of the things that i love having studied them uh, a, a little bit and and actually i'm i'm getting ready to preach this upcoming week so i've been in the weeds and reading about the Q source and like all that nonsense, like that, what's well, not nonsense, but all that stuff that's probably even a little bit too deep and nerdy <laughs> for the cutting room floor. But, uh, in, in, um, in the Beatitudes and in these different versions of this you know, teaching of Jesus, uh, you get to see some of the emphases of the gospel writer come out. Sure. And so it's not, you know, some people would say they used a common source and sort of cha- changed a little bit to emphasize certain things. Other people would say, no, they're kind of what you're saying. They're recording from two different occasions and uh, the emphasis is coming out differently from the mouth of Jesus. But um, so some of those differences, you know, in Matthew's gospel, what, like what would you say are some of the main themes in Matthew's gospel that come out in the Beatitudes? Well, so for sure in Matthew's gospel, the the driving force is the kingdom of heaven. Right. Uh, and so you're going to see in Matthew as a whole, and, you know, once uh, for anybody tuning in, once you read Matthew from this context, you'll never unsee it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the amount of times that Matthew... Uh, reflects on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Um, and so everything uh, that Matthew is presenting uh, to his audience is this driving force of uh, this otherworldness. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, uh, and then as a follower of Christ is truly one that is embracing uh, him, what does that mean for your behavior and like what is the kingdom that we're really chasing after and so matthew you see that so uh, uh, so strong once we actually sit down and read the book in its entirety or chunks of the book rather than just the snippets right 
Uh, Luke is pretty cool, uh, Clay, and I know as you're studying and the fact that right. <laughs> Luke, you see similar themes, uh, but I just love thinking about Luke's profession, which was a... He was a doctor. All right. Mm-hmm. And so doctor is going to be concerned with the immediate needs of yeah, people. That's and, right. And so, there is going to, and so Luke's gospel uh, that the Lord inspired him uh, to pen, you start seeing some social themes, some genuine heart concerns for the plight of humanity today. That's right. And so you'll see Matthew with this kingdom of God. It's not that Matthew wasn't concerned about what was going on in lives today, but he was trying to get us to think about what really is the operating system of our citizenship, Mm -hmm. where Luke, you start seeing, all right, how is that going to be enacted? And there's a lot of comfort given to people that are in weary spaces. And you even see that in the Beatitudes a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of the, you know, some, sometimes it, it will be troubling to people because they'll read in, uh, in Luke, it says, for example, blessed are you who are poor for, uh, and I can't remember the, the second half of that. Maybe I'll just pull it up. Actually. I did, uh, pack my Bible today. That's but. very good. And I'm glad <laughs> that you brought your Bible. Luke. See, this is this is what a good Christian education does for you, Clay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you that's know, right. Like, you know, you have your Bible in your backpack or carry it with uh, you. In, in, in Luke, we've got, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And then if we turn to Matthew chapter 5, where we're going to find the, the Beatitudes in Matthew's gospel, we'll read uh, similar, but di- similarly, but different. Uh, uh, let's see. Five comes before six, doesn't it? It does. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. So that that one word that Matthew has that Luke doesn't is that word in spirit. So blessed are, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, as opposed to blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. So even there in that one for instance, sure. you get the, you know, Matthew has this sort of otherworldliness in mind. He's kind of cutting straight to... The fact that you know we have our sights set on uh, what's going on spiritually and with a view to eternity, whereas Luke is is kind of letting us wrestle a little bit with, hey man, well, okay, so what's going on here? And uh, and Pastor Jim, one of the things that he kept repeating in his sermon was, let's listen to the words of Jesus and let's let them have their force. Uh, I love that. And so then similarly, the, in verse twenty one in Luke six, blessed are you who who hunger now, for you will be satisfied compares in Matthew, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. So you kind of have this compare contrast with Luke is reasoning maybe from the physical and and implying strongly, you know, getting into there's these deep hunger needs that can't be met by this world. Whereas Matthew is kind of just steamrolling us right to that point. Correct. And, uh, how, how have you how have you wrestled as, as a guy who is kind of is more familiar with Matthew's text? What was that like as you were studying and preparing to preach out of Luke's Beatitudes? Well, so and alluded to it earlier, I think a lot of it goes to I don't think that they so and I know that you would agree they don't contradict one another, right? I, and so and I like I like the imagery even that you gave of the steamroll. Like I'm just going to cut <laughs> right to the point because what Matthew says is absolutely accurate. Um, It's like he's trying, uh, and it's not that when we read in Luke's Beatitudes that he's saying something different, Uh, 
But we don't know that what we don't know in detail is the context of the audience. Right. We don't know where uh, where the, uh, they were at. And so uh, whether it's hunger and thirst after righteousness or referring to hung, uh, physical hunger, the Lord was using that to drive to the eternal need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so and then when you even get when you uh, with the poor, you know, scripture records that Jesus said, the poor you're going to have with you always. So he wasn't coming to say that all of a sudden I'm going to be able to eradicate all of the poverty here on earth. Um, However, I love the beauty of even as Christ was having, and and obviously Christ inspired this and welded this up in the Holy Spirit, welded up in Luke to record it, that um, our our physical plight, uh, it matters. Mm -hmm. And that uh, and that uh, whether you're poor whether you're uh, 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 whether you're hungry all of these things are pointing to a need that you and I can relate to yeah and some people very real suffer through it and so what the gospel is is hope right and so i love the way that the lord in matthew and then in luke uh is ministering hope um, to maybe in Matthew, some people that were a little bit more versed, and then in Luke, uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not so much. Uh, and <laughs> so, but everybody can real uh, could re- he was trying to drive it to a place where um, there's a need uh, as real as your need is physical need is there's a need that's greater than that. And I just so love Luke's connection to that. It's also, and I'll, we can move forward after this, but I, I think that it's a great reminder for us about what we should be concerned and sensitive to as we're looking at a, upon a world that A, needs Jesus, but also is going through some significant crises, whatever they may be. Absolutely. That, that's actually something I've been chewing on a lot myself as I've been kind of working toward writing this this sermon for this upcoming week is these themes of man what matters in in the world and and uh how do we respond to what matters and uh yeah um because the, i think it's it's worth it to ask uh especially with with Matthew kind of steamrolling to the eternal spiritual side of things okay well so then does this life matter what what's going on there and i think luke helps us to affirm absolutely it does it, it matters but it matters most in context and so just trying to help and that's one of one of the th- things i loved in your sermon was that optometrist yeah. uh illustration just so good like jesus wants us to see things with clarity and in order for, to do that he needs to kind of flip some things around um because uh and and then ultimately uh, the goal of seeing with clarity is to be able to do something about it, For right? Sure. So it's not—it's not just about being blessed ourselves. You know, Jesus isn't saying. In some ways, he is saying this is what the good life is like. You know, this is how you can live a blessed life. But but ultimately, why does Jesus have an interest in that? Well, it's not just because he wants us to live well for ourselves, but I believe it's also that, uh, he wants us to have a kingdom impact on the world around us. So without question, well, it's, it's very hard and you, I mean, you can't uh, look at past the simplest of commands and what uh, this church uh, uh, emphasizes: it, love, uh, love God, love others. I mm-hmm. mean, and so, exactly. uh, and, 
And so you're just not going to be able to love the Lord unless you're paying attention and also loving your neighbor as yourself. And so I think sometimes we can get really heady and, and sometimes we need to get centered on just how simple and real and not also how difficult that is sometimes. For sure. Know, so For sure. Yeah. And, th- and that's a good challenge for us. Um, and, and so as we think about the challenge of this question, you know, where, where, what are you hungering for? Where, what are you, what satisfaction uh, are you seeking out in your life? Um, I, I think this is such a helpful question for us to ask because uh, a, a great deal of Christian writers have played a lot with the theme of, Man, what are you hungering after? What are you thirsting after? What's like what's going on with your appetites or your loves? And are they in the right order? And who who are you allowing to fill you up? The all all these sorts of themes that come out when we start digging into the question about where is your satisfaction coming from and what are you really hungering after? Uh and so so in the in the midst of that, I, I kind of wanted to ask. How, what would you say to a person who's maybe hearing, hearing this sermon, thinking about it and saying, you know what, I, I just don't know that I'm there in the sense that I don't know that I've discovered that hunger for God in myself yet, or, or maybe even, um, you, there could be like a, a non-believer who's saying, Hey, I'm open to God, but I just don't sense the need for it. You know, what would you say to a, uh, either one of those folks who are wrestling with this idea of hungering and specifically hungering for God? Well, so the first thing that I would say is uh, thank you for even contemplating. And in a very, very real way, I think the contemplation, the questioning um, actually reveals a little bit of hunger. Mm-hmm. Like it, if you are completely satisfied um, and I think I even referenced it in the message on Sunday that you know, spiritual things to somebody that is uh, just exclusively natural, it's folly. You're not going to waste any time. You're not going to think it, you're just not going to give it any headspace. Yeah. And so often, um, and even you may not remember this, but I actually even remember sharing this with you in high school. Oh man. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, you were wrestling at just with this hunger question. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I shared with you and I've shared with many people over the years is don't discredit the fact that you're wrestling mm. because uh, so that would be number one I, and not to be trite and just leave it there is that I, I do think the Lord that he's giving you a little bit, whoever is listening in, uh, a little bit of uh, a desire that you're even willing to ask a question. Um, And then the second thing is, is that I think we need to be really careful uh, that when you are in that space, keep asking the questions and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the people uh, in activities where you can learn more. Yeah. And, and I, uh, you know, that may sound a little trite uh, and simplistic, but those are, those are really ways that the Lord and his habits of grace, a church community, a life group, 
Um, there's not a single person listening in if they're completely sincere and honest that hasn't said that they have wrestled with a hunger or a longing as a believer. Um, it, it's like it wanes, uh, and yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, I take consolation from Scripture, John the Baptist, when he is in prison, mm -hmm. He's like, this is the same guy that declared Jesus to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And then he <laughs> he says, hey, go go ask your guy, say, is is he the one or should I look for another? Mm -hmm. um, that was a weak time in his life, although it was authentic. And yeah. so um, and so I, I just would say sometimes I think that we – uh, I think we can get confused and actually the adversary candidly can use these times where maybe there's spiritual dryness um, or, or we're consumed by other things as this uh, sign that oh, it causes us to go in a panic mode that, mm. oh, I'm not hungry for the Lord. Or, and so as a believer, I would just caution the fair, mere fact that you're thinking about it is a good indication, then we need to act upon it, of course, but thinking about it is a start. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think that's really helpful. I, I do remember, um, growing up and going to a Christian school and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you, there, there's something a little bit unique that I share and that, that I've talked, uh, with other folks who have grown up in a, in a Christian environment about where it's like you, it's something that, it's, it's always there and always a part of your life. Um, and, and so for that reason, sometimes you can wonder, man, is, am I just doing this because it's what I've always done? Mm -hmm. Or do I, is there a genuineness to my hunger and thirst after God, you know, and, and, and uh, all those sorts of things. So I, I do remember wrestling with that question over my high school years and, and even into college, um, it, it never bothered me. I know some people get really bothered by the question. Am I only doing this because, you know, my parents did it? That question has bothered me before it, it but I know there, there's some people who have, that's been like a huge crisis moment for them mm -hmm. is like trying to, trying to think, man, am I, what of this is genuine? And, and sometimes that can come out of, uh, just going through the motions and not, not having that paired by this this real sort of internal drive. Um, but of course, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this. Uh, sometimes going through the motions is what you can do to spark an internal drive. For so sure. I always go back and forth on that one as well. Yeah. But, I think, a, a, I think, uh, I think our hearts cry makes the difference. You know, yes. routines can become ruts. Um, but they don't have to be, mm -hmm. uh, you know, discipline life, a purposed life. Um, you use, you say the word discipline, everybody, especially in a school environment, everybody tenses up a little bit, but <laughs> disciplines are good. You know, they, they create yeah. boundaries for how you want to live, uh, your life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, sometimes you need to go through the motions because you're wanting to still rely on that, which is real. Yeah rather than that which is only felt. I thank God for emotions and what I feel. 
Um, and I'm so thankful for those seasons of life in my Christian walk where they couple together. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm so thankful. I, I have a lovely bride of 29 years, and I'm so thankful for when those seasons uh, connect as well. But um, those moments where I'm not feeling uh, that doesn't mean that I love her less. Right. And I think sometimes we can deceive ourselves with that. Um and for lack of a better way of saying, it, I think sometimes that's where we drink the world's Kool-Aid because Scripture is pretty clear mm -hmm. um, not to trust in our emotions as the driving force, to trust and rest in his word. And then it doesn't mean we divorce ourselves. We're emotional beings, too. Mm -hmm. but, I, I, but there's just going to be some seasons where they don't. Uh, seem to be in alignment. Right. So, and, and there's, you know, sometimes when we're, when we're talking about sensing God in prayer or feeling like that, that we're hearing from him, you know, this is a question I get asked a lot as a pastor. People will ask, Hey, you know, you, you talk about hearing God, you talk about prayer. I just don't, that, that's not something I can relate to. And I'll say, well, the first question I always ask is, well, are you, what kind what does your listening look like? If you, if you don't feel like you're hearing God, uh, talk, talk to me about your listening practices. And sometimes they'll, they'll say, Oh, well, I, I've never thought of it like that. I guess, you know, maybe, maybe I need to be more intentional about listening for God or my follow-up question will be often. So, you know, God loves to speak to us in his words. So tell me about your, you know, how your listening practice practices, uh, interact with your time in the word. And they'll say, Oh, I haven't thought of it that way either. Uh, John Piper, uh, he he wrote once that uh, every time you read the word, God is speaking to you. And that's some really strong language. But of course, the Bible is God's word and he Absolutely. he wants to communicate with us. So so I've got no reason to to say otherwise, um, as long as we're there ready to receive it. Um, and yeah, and I think that. Uh, Clay, there's so many habits of grace or spiritual disciplines or ways that the Lord has given us. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I, and there's also technology that is so rich and available. So I, I remember talking to a, a college student a couple of years ago, and we were, um, he was in a job that was uh, pulling him out of Sunday morning worship more than he liked. And, uh, I, and I ran into him and I, I asked him, I'm like, okay, so what are, what are you, uh, what are you doing? Well, I, I'm working. I can't, well, he was, he was working a job where, um, he was pretty much solo and I'm like, what, you have some earbuds? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, I have earbuds. And I'm like, well, how about then tuning into an online service or how about, uh, going to a scripture app? And, this was a great guy. He wasn't trying to dodge. Right. He just sometimes we live in this space where we divorce our regular every day mm -hmm. to our walk with the Lord, which they're they're supposed to be the same. Right. Uh, and so, just giving a couple of tools in the toolbox to him really made a practical difference. Ran into him about a month later. He's like, "Hey, I my schedule hasn't changed for work, but I can tell you that I'm." I, I have the earbuds in every uh, every time that I'm not able to be in in the house of the Lord. So that that's super yeah. cool. And I think sometimes we need to just remember, and that's very practical. There's nothing 
deep about that, but I think that there's times where we just need to step back and not treat our relationship and our walk with the Lord overly mystical Yeah, and use some of the practical tools that the Lord has given us to communicate with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of those conversations with folks that want to hear from God, but feel like they're not mm-hmm. just being like, Hey, well, it's practice. Just why don't you try just listening and ask him to speak to you and then go to the word because that's where he loves to do it. And yet a lot of times, like, like this young man, you're not necessarily for any fault of his own, we might say, but it's just sort of getting drowned. It's, it's getting missed in, in just the, the pace of life. Uh, And so, and similar, similarly, I think with, when it comes to our hunger for God, it's easy for us to fill up on other things. Um, and for us to just be, I mean, there's a lot of satisfying things in life. Good things. <laughs> yeah. they're, not, they're not always terrible, horrible. You know, the the mm-hmm. lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, those are the things that always get the headlines, right? But right. they're, um, as a young man with two kids and a oh, lovely yeah. a wife, they're, these are good things. For sure. And a lot of times the cares and the affairs of this life um can easily consume us and we we and and somebody that is hungry will uh, will strive to purposely fill and not be consumed with all of those things and then recognize when we are yeah that's right yeah and and so I kind of as I was thinking through those things and thinking through man what's where is it in 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 my life that maybe my my hunger and my thirst for God is getting and I love these three. I wrote de- delayed or diluted, or am I, I'm getting distracted from it. Um, because for sure, I think for me, the biggest thing is even as a pastor who traffics in God and the things of God and traffics in people and how can I love people? Well, it's so quick to, to the, so quick that I can get distracted or that I can get busy. If I, I have to be very careful because you know, just talking about scripture and just just kind of loving on people. I could fill my whole day, you know, front to back with meeting with people to to help them work through stuff that they've got going on. And now you could too with all the students. And sure. yet, if we do that and forsake kind of this this daily feast of, in God's word, we can get dry really really quick. Hundred percent. So how how else do you see kind of these things working either in your life or in in those that you minister to? What are ways that we tend to delay our uh, being satisfied in God, dilute being satisfied in God, or get distracted from it? So yeah, so well, delay uh, kind of puts forth this uh, this aura of self sufficiency. Mm-hmm that we have the willpower to accomplish things on our own. Mm. And so then the next thing that you know, you keep on delaying uh, delaying your dependence. And so that's one of the things that I love about uh, the Beatitudes is they all are reflecting some area of dependency. Like uh, if you think you're full, all right, you're missing the point, you're not. Yeah, and one day you're going to be hungry. Uh, if you think that you're rich, you're missing the point. You're actually poor, and so it's this reorienting our minds towards this place of dependency, 
And so if we delay attending to the things of the Lord, because we've got it covered, we're in a lot in, in a hard spot. I share a lot of times with people, Clay, that I try and enter into every day. Not always successful with this. I have a lot of students and a lot of faculty and leaders there that would say, he misses the mark in this uh, uh, quite a bit. I would hope uh, less uh, on uh, as we live. But uh, I try and enter in truly every day with this uh, position in my and posture in my life that I've been doing education now for 30 years. And, uh, but I'm always reminded I've not been an educator or I've not been the president of open door Christian schools. I've done that for 10, but I've not been the president today. Mm. And I, that reminds me of my finitude despite my experience. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can delay because we feel like we have a track record of success or we have a track record of experience that would ex- express competence and we can put off things that are necessary for us. Mm. And that's uh, that's actually a pretty dangerous place to be. Yeah. And and so we need always just as uh, the heart cry of a believer is, uh, you know, that Matt Maurer song, Lord, I need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you, and we're patterns. Um, we've been doing, most of the time we've been doing what we've been doing for a while. Uh, a while can get familiar. Uh, and when you're in something for a while, it gets familiar. You get comfortable. You can get confident in it. Um, but I think that's when we also need to pause and just say, okay, am I delaying because of past success or rhythms or what I feel is familiar from really attending to the things that that need to fill my life um, now and uh, ultimately transcend in the eternity? Um, When you go into dilute, um, that is this whole uh, area of um, I'm going to get a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be all in. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, and so I would equate th- I, this, I mean, this is one of the major thrusts of Christian education is this elimination. I alluded to it a little earlier of the sacred secular divide. I'm like, I got my church stuff here. I've got my uh, Christian stuff here. And then I've got the stuff uh, that I do, um, just in life and somehow trying to separate the two and, uh, and, uh, as opposed to recognizing, going back to something, uh, uh that Matthew consistently emphasizes, no, we're kingdom citizens now. Right. And, and so don't dilute by just doing a little bit of Jesus, make him your everything. And, uh, and so a lot of times I think that we get overly surprised about we're not hungry. Well, it's because we've had this little bit, you know, (laughs) I've had this little taste and then I've consumed uh, my uh, uh, other things, um, you know, James even said uh, in scripture, I didn't preach on this on Sunday, but it was one of the scriptures that I was um, really pondering a little bit. But you ask, but you receive not because you're wanting to heap it upon your own lust or your own cravings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that there's this danger of diluting and just saying, you know, I, I just want to. A little bit, 
so that I'm comfortable where Christ says, no, how this really works is I want you to love me with every essence of your being. And then I want that to then roll over into the way that you're loving others. So yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's just an, an important piece as we're walking through uh, life just to make sure that we don't avoid. And what's the other one that I missed? The I, I third forget. one is distract. Distract. And um, it's not like uh, it's not like we live in a world full of distractions, right? Yeah, definitely not. Uh, it's like, I think the last thing that I read um, recently is that in order for a video game, and I'm not a I'm not a gamer. You a gamer? I in, in my heart I am. <laughs> That's great. I I don't really right. have much occasion. To okay, play so anymore, it's like but... I so well I am not. But what I what I understand is that the number of uh, new novel things that have to happen in a second uh, in a video game hmm. in order for it to be uh, successful is in the thousands. Oh, wow. So there has to be, and so hmm. we're and and we could go, this is a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah. We have trained our brains in the, uh, in the United States of America to be constantly distracted. Right. Um, there's so much brain-based research uh, about what phones and what technology is doing to us in that space. Um, there's actually something deeply spiritual about that and, and uh, that we are so easily distracted where the Lord just wants us. And it's one of the beauties, Clay, of why I love Sunday morning worship. Mm -hmm. And this isn't to put anybody on a guilt trip. Um, if you haven't been able to attend or you're listening in and for whatever reason you haven't found yourself in a faith community, I, but there's something really beautiful when I go into a church and I'm not seeking to be entertained. I'm just seeking to grow. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeking that... And it settles me and it reorients me and it reminds me of what's important. And, and it's not only church attendance that does that. It's um, I wake up in the morning and uh, when life is fullest for me uh, is when I've built in certain rhythms uh, that are non-negotiables. And so avoiding that distracted craze, even with good things, uh, and so I would even say anybody watching or listening in, uh, there is, if you're struggling with the hunger element, I think that there's something very real of an audit of your life to see, are you even giving yourself time mm -hmm. to be contemplated? Because the Lord and his creation created us to be that. That's right. Um, and so, and, and I'll, we, we can move forward after this, but I even... I love the creation story. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I love the creation story is uh, after every day of creation and busyness, it wasn't just on the seventh day. We'll get to that in a moment. But <laughs> after every day, the Lord deemed that it was good. good. Well, that must mean that there was some degree of reflection. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah, it's and, true. And, I haven't thought and, of it that and, way. And it's like, so, um, and then we see that he rested, uh, we know on the seventh day. So I would just challenge everybody, um, a, don't be really surprised if you don't find yourself overly hungry if you're not giving yourself uh, time to think. You and I were actually even talking about, uh, I uh, before we came on, I can get so busy in the things and things I love. I mean, yep. I love my job. I mean, the Lord is so gracious in what he's given me the opportunity to do. Well, I can get rolling and it can be eight o'clock uh, at night, and I realize I haven't ate anything. <laughs> and and it, it's, uh, uh, and then my wife will tell you the hangry experience comes out, <laughs> but it's like it's not her fault. <laughs> and, 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 but right. I would just say, um, you know, we distract ourselves like that, mm-hmm. and it can be with good things for sure. And a disciplined, purposed life will build in rhythms um, that allow us to be a little bit more contemplative. For sure. And, and even, and I know we, we don't have tons of time to really get into this idea, but I, I um, you know, for centuries and centuries and centuries, Christians were people who fasted regularly and um, fasting in a, in a word is, going without in order to stir hunger that drives you to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a practice that as we think about this blessing that Jesus pronounces over those who are hungry, I think for some of us, a a great experiment would be to try fasting. I love that. Um, And I I know that that's, you know, there's ways to do it well and safely, and there are ways to to do it that's, you know, you just get hangry and they're not as... (laughs) Right. They're not as loving towards people, but 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 I love I love where you're at. I mean, what do we do in life mm-hmm. that speaks to us, creating uh, and and showing and revealing to ourselves that we need the Lord? Mm. That's a big challenge. And if we really believe in Scripture, which of course we do, we know that Christ has come that we may have life. Yes. We also know that we have an adversary that comes to steal, kill, and devour. So he is going to put in as many distractions as he possibly can to keep the fruit that the Lord wants to cultivate in our lives from uh, from coming to fruition. And mm-hmm. so our job is, and I really, uh, you know, this is where I, I'm really passionate, but we we have to determine what our priorities are mm-hmm. and and what we are going to be purposed in because where your priorities are you'll find you'll find an outline for how you're going to meet those yeah and so yeah absolutely well denver i'm really grateful for this conversation i know our our time is running really short but i wanted to pause and give you uh just a second to share if folks heard your announcement about the school and maybe are wondering more about that uh, is there anything that you might want to say to those folks so well i always you know i could talk about the school for a long time (laughs) i i would just say to anybody listening in that if you really want a place um where there is a community of people people that uh, that wholeheartedly believe that Jesus matters, your son or daughter matters, the Bible matters, the family and church matter, relationships matter, service matters, and excellence matters, 
I'd love to uh, introduce you to Open Door Christian Schools. And so you can check us out at uh, www.odcs.org. You can also call our admissions office and uh, they can give you a tour. Um, I would also say uh, to if anybody listening and you're curious, um, I would act quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. because there has just never been a time where Christian education is more attainable. Um, and so to everybody listening, there's scholarships available to you that we would love to introduce, and they are significant. They are just not nominal. They mm-hmm. are significant scholarships um, that we would uh, love to speak to you more about. But because um, class size also matters. I didn't hear that in your list. That's just a really pragmatic. If you're interested, you should call because uh, we are uh, class sizes will uh, ultimately be closed at the rate mm. we're growing. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, so. well, we are so grateful for the ministry that you guys have at the school and for the hundreds and hundreds of students that you're blessing, that you're introducing to the gospel and to Jesus, families that you're ministering to. And uh, we're we're also really grateful to get to share you and have you on the podcast. So, Oh, man. Love you, brother. Yeah, man. Love you too, Denver. Thank, Thank you. you. And, and uh, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, we're grateful for you as well. Uh, we would love if you are uh, feeling... Uh, minister to by these podcasts and by this, uh, these conversations that we get to have. If you would just leave us like a little like or a comment or wherever you're at, wherever you're finding this on the internet, I, they put it out. I don't know all the places, yes. but for sure, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, let us know uh, that, that this is ministering to you and we'd love to, we'd love to hear that so that we can, uh, keep on doing what we're doing. So, uh, with that being said, we will go ahead and sign off until next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Open Door Cutting Room Floor Podcast. But don't let the conversation end here. Find a group where you can deepen your roots at connect.opendoor.tv. And don't forget to submit your questions to podcast.opendoor.tv. Have a great week, and we'll see you Sunday.